to another episode of Unconditionally Unfiltered. It's good to be back. We're back, 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 back again, again, again. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, babe. The Backstreet. The Backstreet. More of an NSYNC guy myself. What? Go JT. Okay. You're not? No, I don't think so. You like Backstreet Boys more? I don't know. Okay, let's go. No, it's fine. This is good. This I need is a to good think way about to start this. it. I need to think about it. I'll Let's get back battle. to you. 90s battle. I'll get back to you the next episode. All right. Well, last episode that never happened, we oh, sat yeah. down to record. And, and I what had happened? I had a meltdown. <laughs> she melted like the witch in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Did you want to touch on anything there? I don't even remember what happened. I felt I was feeling very anxious and I wasn't ready. And I can always feel when her energy's off and she actually does need to release and talk about things. And then he looks in my eyes and I just start crying. (laughs) My eyes just give her permission to release. But good, good example of just being in tune. And then we had it, we ended up having a really good conversation. Yep. Like really good. We just talked for like. Two hours? Yeah. Two and a half hours? And didn't record a podcast. So the last time I posted, oh, we're recording a podcast, it didn't happen. It didn't. But I think that's the beautiful thing about this also is everything we're going to talk about has shifted and come full circle since then. So it's almost like we weren't supposed to record that because it it wasn't even complete. Yeah. Not that it's ever complete, but I feel like we have so much more to add on to it. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. And that... That conversation led us to doing a ceremony with ourselves together. I guess I shouldn't say with ourselves. With ourselves. <laughs> with, with together. With each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that was a very, very beautiful experience that we were able to have. And I think, again, Jalen was very resistant to it or up in the air about it. I don't know. What would you say? I would say... I think naturally before any type of like ceremony or any time when there's going to be vulnerable situations, I have my whole entire body resists. It's like all the excuses in the world, all the things that come up. It's like, I don't know if I want to, but it really is my my ego. Like, you know, keeping me comfortable, don't want to feel emotion, don't want to feel uncomfortable and... I think that's just another big thing that I'm working on and working through because I never learned how to be vulnerable. So it's just something I have to be <laughs> conscious of. Yeah, it's always a it's always a good tell sign that we're supposed to do something, I feel like. Yep. How's Jalen feeling about it? Is she feeling anxious and unsure? All right, probably a good thing to do. Yeah. Um which leads us to our topic today. Yeah. So one one of the big things that came up during that journey together or ceremony or whatever you want to call it was authenticity huge like huge things like in the moment we were like uh oh my gosh we figured out all the problems in the whole entire world (laughs) it's just authenticity it really is and i still kind of believe that i yeah i to me it feels like yeah it was a big unlock to me yeah about literally everything Like on a bigger scale, obviously we're going to talk about us today, but on a bigger scale, what do you think would happen if the entire, everyone in the entire world lived authentically to themselves? I feel like it would be a very 
Well, you guys think about that question for a second. I'll answer it. Um, hmm. I mean, I just feel like everyone would step into their most powerful selves. Yeah, I do too. And it feels like more people would be helping each other. It just, I don't know. Honestly, it feels like when Mormons talk about like the law of consecration and the millennium, you know, like all these things that happen, it feels like, it almost feels like a time like that because everyone would be doing the things they love. They would be wearing the things they love. They'd be, I don't know. It just feels like everything they would be doing would be serving them. And then I feel like there would be less judgment because if we're living authentically to ourselves, we usually, for the most part, I would feel like we're not triggered by everything everyone else is doing. I feel like the reason why we're triggered is because people are a mirror to us. And when other people are living differently, it triggers us because it's like our soul telling us, you know, there's not necessarily truth in how they're living, maybe. No, I think it is. I think it's true to that person. Yeah. It's just all so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think when I say when I say authenticity, to me, like the simplest way maybe to define it is we're fully, hmm, we're a being that only allows things to serve us. Like to me, that's like the most authentic. Yeah. Thing. So it's like you think of work, it's like we're doing the thing that like serves us. Yeah, that we love. Yeah. That lights us up. And the same with how we dress, how you talk. The car what, you drive. Yeah, everything. The house you live in. Yeah. And it's if like you, every space. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. And if you break down, like, okay, I'll just say this. I thought I was living authentically until that ceremony. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I am not living authentically. And I feel like I've come a long way. I would say I had zero authenticity well, not zero. I would say I had very little authenticity when I was in the church, in the Mormon church. And then stepping out, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so authentic. I'm living my life. I'm following my path. But like, really? I'm not. I wasn't. And that was like a huge thing to me. And that kind of like stung a little bit because to me, I'm like, I went on a new path. I'm doing all these hard things. I'm so like, I feel like I'm being authentic. But then when I really broke it down and looked at everything, like in that ceremony, I was literally like, oh my gosh, I'm a people pleaser. This is like wild. I'm, I literally still do things for everyone else. Like I still do things to please my parents or like to make them proud. Or I still make decisions based on what I think someone else is going to do. Or there's things I do or don't post on social media because I know certain people are watching. Well, give, give your example about Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah, here's a good one. This is another aha moment. I've been walking into my closet recently and I'm like, this is like so uninspiring and honestly annoying. Like I walk into my closet and I'm just like, bleh. So in Europe, and this is no one else's fault but my own. um, In Europe, I've kind of just like slowly, like people have said things to me about like, oh, well, if you you have neutrals, it goes with everything. But if you wear bright stuff, you can only wear it like one time because you can't match like all these bright colors together, right? So that's kind of just like what my closet has turned into is like neutral throw up that doesn't inspire me and it's so boring (laughs) and I've kind of like weeded out the color because of just other things people have said and it's very interesting because my clothing has like stopped inspiring me and that's been a huge part of my life 
And so in Europe, we're all packing, right? And you can only have two suitcases. We already had so many suitcases we're traveling with, like four suitcases. And so everyone in the chat is talking about, you know, like bring neutrals because then you can wear them several times and mix and match outfits. But if you bring like a colored thing, then you're only going to be able to wear it once. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like buy new things. I need to buy (laughs) neutrals. So I bought all these neutrals. I mean, I liked my outfits there. It wasn't like I still, it was still me, right? But I was like so uninspired and just like, I don't know, it kind of makes me sad. And it, it didn't feel like that was something I was consciously even thinking about. But the things that were said, I stored and I just like started like buying clothing that was neutral. And then I'm looking in my closet recently and I keep feeling this like weird need to purge. And so I've purged like twice a lot of stuff. And I'm like, why do I still feel like this? And then, you know, I had that big aha moment. I'm literally so bored and so uninspired. <laughs> and like, I hate my closet and I want to get rid of everything. Like I'm, I want to be done and like I want to reinvent myself and I want to be bright and bold and colorful and I want to have fun. And I like... I, I used to get judged by those outfits and like, that's, that's just me. And that's like what feels good. I just want to go back to me like leopard and colorful. That's what I want. My closet. I want it to look like animal print and throw up of a rainbow. You're not reinventing yourself. You're just stepping into your authentic self. You're right. Good reframe, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, it was a great, I mean, it was a hilarious example as it was coming out. And yeah, because I was just like, oh my gosh. And she was like so passionate about it. And if you know Jalen, she like loves fashion. So, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing I also, I think another example I've used on Instagram is getting into the spiritual world. And then all my friends are like, you know, hippies. And again, they're just very basic and wearing yoga pants. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, I kind of like stuck myself in that. And it felt like I couldn't be spiritual or whatever if I loved clothing and fashion that like made me worldly and it's just like so dumb. It is dumb. But also it's an, I think it's another part of finding finding your way like when you lose your whole identity and everything and then you're like trying to re just refigure out like who am I? And like people have asked me questions lately like what do you like to do? What do you want? Like, what do you want in your life? Like, what's fun for you? I mean, just like all these questions. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I actually know. Like, I don't think I actually know how to tell you an answer without like, what would this person, you know what I mean? Like just the outside world influence. Besides getting whooped in pickleball? No. Oh, okay. No, I love it. I mean, I think, yeah, I, that just leads me. Jalen knows I've been on like a big belief kick recently. So be- I love it. Belief is like so fascinating to me. And and we've talked about this and past podcasts. I just see like my belief that I had within Mormonism and on a mission. And like, I don't know, there was like so much powerful belief there. And then, you know, the belief I have now is obviously very different. And I feel like uh, maybe I wouldn't say equally as actually passionate. I think passion can actually be a little mischievous thing. Well, it kind of puts you more in the black and white, it feels like. Yeah, it does. And it totally did. So I don't know. I guess I just feel more authentic than I ever have before. And going back to my belief, I think to me, one of my big aha moments during our ceremony together was so much about belief most belief is actually 
typically negative belief and usually like usually our thoughts holding us back yeah and then you look at like any other belief or construct religion politics money i mean name name a construct usually every construct is trying to put you into a certain box school right? system yeah it's like literally everything is like putting us into a box of who we're supposed to be instead of I don't know, helping us really like discover and find ourselves. So I think for me, it's just like that authenticity piece is so big and it almost feels like maybe I shouldn't say belief, but almost, I don't know, the belief in certain constructs take us away from that. For sure they do. Yeah. How can you be authentic if you're not allowed to like discover what that is? And it's like, as soon as people do start to discover that, that's kind of what pulls them away and out of the constructs. Yep. Because then they start seeing like, oh, wow, like I actually don't align with this or me or being authentic. Your real motivations are yeah, behind it. Or me being authentic doesn't align with this anymore. Yep. All right. And then for me, another another thing that we've talked a lot about is just like surrendering and my focus there. And that, that to me was like, the big aha moment that being authentic is actually like the ultimate way to surrender. So it just allows us when we're authentic to just let go of honestly, like the things that we've chosen to put or we've chosen to be a part of our identity. Um, Cause I still think it's important to say like, we're choosing things. We need to take like ownership of that. We're doing it Right. So, yeah, I don't know. So fascinating, authenticity. It is. What else would you add about it? I don't know. I guess, I guess what does that look like for you right now? Like, what is authentic? Like, what does it look like for you to be authentic? I mean, I think I've seen a very, very big shift professionally um, that's really helped me be authentic. So, I knew my last company that I was at for almost, I don't know, six years. Um, I knew my heart wasn't really in it, but my ego was like trying to fight and keep me there and trying to like make it work. And then I guess this was two, yeah, two companies ago. And then I went to a startup. I loved it. It gave me like good energy for the first few months. And then, yeah, I don't know. Then eventually I could just feel it. I was like serving it. It wasn't actually serving me. It became too too chaotic. So I like crazy and fast moving, but chaos I don't thrive in. Because then it feels like I'm doing things for others instead of doing things that are best for me. And so, you know, I just eventually told them that, yeah, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to like continue working there and they wanted to keep me on. And so more or less I told them what would make it worth it. And so you know, pretty much got paid the same to work part-time because the the value that I was providing, you know, is there and does exist, which has now led me to starting my own business and taking on a couple other clients as well, which has been awesome. So we'll, we'll touch a little bit more on what, but I think professionally that's been big. And then recently my health, I think has been the other big thing. So I've just tried not to villainize like things and then also doing things 
I think being authentic isn't like an easy thing. So like, like a big thing for me is like doing things that I don't know that I guess I have like a fear behind, like getting on the scale. Like, so now what I, what I'm doing is getting on the scale every single day. And that adds a good layer of like accountability for me and my choices throughout the previous day. And just gives me like a good measurement of kind of where things are at and how my body's reacting. So, and you know, I think like 75 hard has been a good, a good thing. I don't want to get too much into some of this stuff since that kind of blends into a future episode, but yeah, <laughs> I have so many thoughts. So, okay. Now my next question is, cause I know someone will probably ask how, what would we suggest for someone else to be authentic? Because in my head, like I said, I thought I was being authentic. And then, you know, when you kind of remove the ego and you take a look at actually what you're doing and what's going on in your life and you're like, holy shit, I am not being authentic at all. Like, what do you recommend people do just to start be- becoming conscious of like, where is this choice actually coming from? Like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? I think, I think we have an inner knowing of what we are resisting and what we know we need to do. I, I think a lot of that often, I like to believe our soul communicates to us through our heart and through like our feelings. And so I think we like often feel what we need to do, but then we logically continue to like talk ourselves out of it. That sounds we, familiar. <laughs> yeah, we we stay in our headspace and just operate there. Yeah. And attach to the past and the future and don't really live in the present. So I mean, I think I think there's just some some signs that if you are attaching your identity to things that happened in the past and attaching your identity on things that you hope will happen in the future instead of living in the present and not fully like being happy as however you I think you know how happy is to you. You know what like authentic happiness is to you. Then I I think that's where you just need to start making an inventory. Like what are the things you feel like you need to do? And what are all the excuses that your mind comes up with on why you're not worthy to do those things? Or why you're not capable of doing those things? Or whatever the mind is telling you. So to me, I think that's like maybe an inventory or a place that has been helpful for me to start like identifying what would you say i mean i would say there's like the same thing so how have you done it i haven't just kidding um i mean i I think just becoming more present and conscious like you said being in trying to be in my heart space and not in my head all the time because i feel like that's been my whole life is being in i've lived in my head and so I mean, the last few weeks, which we'll talk about some things that have happened in another episode, just being so aware of the feelings and the things coming up, whether it's a trigger or like a reaction that I'm having that I'm like, where is this coming from? Is this a story? Like, why am I being triggered? Why am I feeling this way? And just reframing those things like asking the questions, reframing them, and then also like not giving them power anymore because I used to have the things come up and then I'd be in my head and then I would just have the same spiral effect over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's like the, the same thing another week. 
And so now I feel like the last two weeks have been a huge shift because I'm seeing things come up for what they are and then I'm choosing to move through them instead of attaching to them like I've always done. Yep. And so I feel like I'm, it just feels like a whole different energy. Like the last two weeks have, has felt like a whole different energy. Like so many things are coming up and coming out to, for us to work on them and for us to like move through them. Like old stories, old, old conditioning, old beliefs, just everything. I agree. Yeah. I love what you said about having to move through it. Like the only way out is through. Like if we're going, you know, the classic can't go, can't go under it. I was literally going to say can't go over it. Can't go around it. You got to go through it. Yep. I mean, it's the same. It's honestly the same principle. So I think, I think once we're ready to actually go through it, I think that's when we start to like step into our authenticity. Yeah, and it's, it's easier said than done. It's fucking scary. I'll just say that right now. It's hard. But what's funny is like we're going to go through. It's like we almost choose to be more miserable. Well, yeah, out of you a either fear. you either go through it or it just gets harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And it compounds. Yes, it, it compounds. either compounds negatively or positively. Yeah. There isn't. Yeah. There's no like medium. And I think we've experienced both sides of that. Like I've experienced, I mean, you guys, if you've heard our past episodes, I've let things compound for my, almost my entire life. And so it's like, now I'm trying to move through those things and it is really hard. Well, well, why is it hard? Keep going. It's, I mean, I think it's, um, let's see. What did I tell you earlier? It's like my ego feels so comfy in knowing that I'm suffering and knowing that I'm stuck because it's familiar and it's like, I know how this goes and it's not, it sucks, but it's not the worst versus it's like door number two. If I choose to move through this, what the hell's on the other side? (laughs) Like the, I don't know, but I do know that if I stay suffering, I know the cycle, right? You're familiar with how it feels. Yeah. Even though it's really shitty and it's a really terrible cycle and I feel horrible and I spiral and it's the same thing every time, I know it and it's familiar and it's comfortable, which is kind of sad, but I think a lot of us are stuck in those cycles. Yeah, all of us get stuck in those cycles. It's the freaking ego, man. Well, that's, that's like the, that's what gets crazy about like polarity is we know those feelings don't feel good and so then we try to chase feelings that do feel good. And that's usually where people do go to numb out or escape through other things that like feel good to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's probably another good way just to like identify if you're in a loop. Like, are you using things to escape? I'm not going to put any judgment on it, but well, I'll put judgment on myself. I know for me, and I've talked about this, but like using like food and video games, those were like food tasted good and I liked I liked the dopamine hit I would get from food and then video games were a great escape for me to have that competition and I don't know you just get all that like excitement when you're playing a competitive game so I think everyone can relate to numbing and I think there's so much power in asking ourselves like the I'll just use this as an example like the mommy wine culture thing it's like Let's have a glass of wine every night to escape all the hard for the day. But that that's numb, like that's numbing, that's escaping, that's not filling. 
Well, let's just I'll let me let's just throw a caveat out with that. Yeah. I think we're big fans of people experiencing life. Well, yeah. And if that's you experiencing life, well, and doing same that, with then food. I'm it. same with food. Same with anything. Anything can be a numbing tool. I'm just saying. Just more want to throw out the intention behind it. I'm yeah. sure there's people who have wine every night who are living authentic to themselves. Yeah, probably. So, and there's probably a majority that are using it to, to numb out the stress from out. the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we usually don't do like challenges or things like that on the show. And. I think for this one, I do want to challenge anyone who's listening to do something today that scares like the shit out of you. Like whatever that is, the thing that you've been resisting and making excuses for, but that consumes your mind almost for a majority of your day. I want you to do like that thing that will help you push through. And just get it started and get it going. So I will say for me, doing 75 hard has been like a great way to create discipline in my life and to like really push through a lot of things. So that's been like a great program to start to do that. I'm not recommending doing something that extreme. I'm just saying right now, just go do something and then find a way to keep doing that on a daily basis. Amen. All right. Anything else you want to you wanna add? Nope. Follow us. Leave a review. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> oh, hit bring, the bell notification. Ring the bell. Inside <laughs> joke. See you next time. See you next time. When you when you're walking in, I know it's true. I, it doesn't even matter how hard I try